0: Well, I, uh, I love Easter, and I love the message of Easter and the story of Easter. How many of you had a great Easter last week? Anybody? It was awesome. Um, I love the Easter story, and, and I believe that the Easter story is screaming certain things if we will only see them. For example, and I, and I mentioned this last week, I believe the Easter story reminds us, the resurrection reminds us that, that he is the God of the journey, not just the God of our destination. Do you believe that to be true? That he's not just the God of your future, but he's the God of your present right now. And we told this story last week of, of the, the, the travelers on the road to Emmaus, and, and God shows up on their journey, not just in their destination. He shows up on their journey because he wants to walk with us. And I believe wherever you are in life, Whatever you've been through, whatever's going on in your current situation, God is walking with you. And sometimes we don't recognize him, sometimes we don't see him, but he's still on the journey. He's the God of your journey, just like he's the God of your destination. Not just that, I believe that God wants to meet us in the middle of our disappointments and our fears and our greatest challenges in life. And, and oftentimes we, we want God to, to remove us, to, to to take us out of our challenges or our fears, to take those things away from us, but I believe that God wants to meet us in the middle of those things. And this series that we're beginning this week, we'll be talking about this for the next few weeks, has to do with that. The God who wants to meet you in some of your greatest disappointments, some of your greatest fears, uh, some of your greatest joys for some of you, uh, he wants to meet you there in the middle. He doesn't just want to take you away. He doesn't just want to put you on a mountaintop and then leave you when you walk in the valley. He wants to be with you in all of it. So we're going to talk about something that we don't talk a lot about. Now this might scare some of you, Some of you might check out here early on because you're like, I'm just not going to go there. The age-old theological question for humans, what do we do with all the feels that we have? You know what I'm saying? What do we do with the emotions that we're... You've never asked yourself that? What do I do with the feels? Okay, some of us have. Now, back when the emojis first started kind of popping up, I... Because I'm a guy, I just felt like I'm never going to use the emojis. Any other, any other guys, you know what I mean? Like I'm refusing to, it's for women, it's not for men. And so for a long time, I refused. Now, I love when my wife sent me the little kissy face. I mean, that was like the best thing. And other subliminal messages, I think she was sending me with that. But I loved all of that. But I refused to use emojis for the longest time. And then I began to, you know, dip my toe in the water. I began to use emojis a little bit here and there, and I found out it's normal. I can use emojis. I can express my emotions with little pictures that are disconnected from the reality of my world. That's okay. We can all do that, right? And then I learned that you can actually send subliminal messages through emojis. Over the last few weeks, so uh, Leah Zilich, who's one of our student life pastors, and she helps me with my schedule and some other things, uh, we were texting back and forth about some things that were going on, and I started slipping in a little emoji, the donut emoji. Have you seen this one? And it was totally disconnected from anything we were talking about. But I just wondered if it would do anything, just slipping in the donut emoji. And then we had this meeting, there were like 10 of us. It was off campus, and she walks in with a box of donuts. It, like, it actually worked. Like Just tucking little donut emojis in there turned into like actual donuts in a meeting. So you can do all kinds of things. But we got to make sure we're on the same page when it comes to emojis. So we're going to play a little game this morning. Name that emoji. Are you ready? You got to keep track of your own score and be honest because God is watching in the church. Here we go. Name that emoji. The first one, simple. What is it? A happy, a smile. Yeah. So we all know how to use this emoji. We want to do it when you know we're happy and we put it on there, just to let everybody know we're happy. What about this one? This one, silly, fun, crazy, just joking, all of those things. I guess whatever you said works. So give yourself two points so far. Now, this next one is interesting and it's two different ones that I want to give you and you have to... See if you can't point out the difference between the two, okay? Are you ready? Here it is. Stressed and crying. See, the, young, the youngsters among us, the new kids on the block, can tell us the emojis. So the one on the left is stressed out because the, the, the tear is falling off the eyebrow, nervous, and the other one is like crying. Now some of you are like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I agree, but we got to talk to the kids amongst us, right? So here we go, the next one, there's another difference. Do you know the difference between these two? A little bit easier? Like laughing and then like this intense crying that happens, like bawling. So um, I I told some of you, I sent my mom a, a really sad story a couple years ago, some things that were going on and she sent me the wrong emoji back. She sent the laughing one. I was like, mom, why are you laughing at me right now? Like this hurts, you know? And she was like, no, I'm crying with you. And I'm like, mom, you gotta learn the emojis. Okay, what about this one? What about this one? You got this one? High five. five. Some of you said high five. I think this is the worship emoji. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like after Joe leads worship, we want to raise our hands. Just went to McDowell worship. Hello? Anybody? All right. Come on. All right. What about this one? See if you can get this one. Happy and you love cats. Happy and you love cats. This is actually symbolic. This is Satan. (laughs) Oh... You can just email me later. Joe at McDowell.Church is great. All right, last one, last one, this one. You got this one? Fuming mad. I thought that at first, and then I realized this is actually allergies in this season right now, like sneezing, like I got all the allergies going on. My wife has been sneezing like crazy. Okay, emotions. All of us feel emotions, and actually scientists tell us Those who study the mind, those who study the emotions within us, tell us that we actually experience thousands of emotions each and every day. And many of those go unnoticed, unchecked, unmanaged, unnamed. But we're feeling things all the time. Uh, Where do those feelings come from? Where is it that emotions come from? Um, I think we all would say they come from somewhere deep within us. Uh, Some of us might say that emotions come because of external circumstances that are happening to us. Some of us might say emotions happen because of uh, chemical imbalances. Um, have you ever found yourself hangry? <laughs> like, like you're angry, but it's not really because you're angry. It's, it's actually because you haven't eaten anything and you just need a Snickers bar or something. You have this hangry within you. Yeah. So there, there, there are emotions that may be impacted by a lot of different things, but I believe, and I think scripture tells us that emotions. Are rooted deep within each one of us. Now, for this series, I want to give us a baseline passage of Scripture. And this might be a good passage to to commit to memory. It might be something to repeat to yourself again and again. And I want us to read it together. Uh, It's found in in Psalm chapter 139. Uh, I want us to read it together here in just a minute. David was uh, one, King David in the Old Testament, he was one who experienced the gamut of emotions, the, the spectrum of emotions, from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And he expressed these to God throughout the psalm. He he was expressing to God the different feelings that he had, the great feelings of, God, I can never get away from your spirit. You are always with me. I love you, To God, you have deserted me. You are nowhere to be found. I am being crushed by my enemies, and you have deserted me. I am completely isolated. David expressed these things to God. And in Psalm chapter 139, he writes this. Now, would you, would you read this with me? You ready? For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, tucked within this little passage is a phrase, a word, if you, if you have your Bibles and, and you write in your Bibles, which is okay, you should actually write in your Bibles. I think it's helpful to remember certain things. Uh, you might want to circle that phrase, inmost being. Uh, this, this word, uh, kill y'all, and, and I'm from the South, so I say it that way. Kill y'all. Can you say kill y'all? Kill Kil y'all. That's the, the Hebrew word. Uh, kill y'all is translated in a couple different ways into English. Uh, here are the two different ways it's, it's oftentimes translated. The first way, kill y'all is translated, is kidney. So if you insert the word kidney here, it's a little bit difficult to understand. So for you created my kidney, you knit me together. That doesn't really work very well, does it? Uh, the second way to translate kill y'all is this idea of the heart, the, the soul, the spirit deep within us. And I think what David is trying to express is this, this, this concept that God not only created the physicality of our world, He didn't just create the mountains and the sun and the stars and and the things that we see. He didn't just create our bodies, but he created what lies deep within us. He created the souls and the spirit that each one of us has. And David was expressing to God, you created my soul. You knit me together, and and God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, some of us look in the mirror in the mornings, and and we we say, God, that is fearful fearful. But that's not what David is saying. Like, I'm scared at what I see. I'm not sure I can fix this up. But, but what David is saying is there, there is something so wonderful and complex and beautiful about what you created. Not, not just the physical self, but, but the spiritual self. And I think this is the root. This is the place, the seat of all of our emotions, the inmost being, the heart. Now, real quick, I want to talk just to the guys for a second. So guys uh, and um, women, they don't need you to nudge them right now. When I say I need to speak to the guys, they know it's them. So no nudging them. Guys, um, th- there is in many ways uh, a narrative in our culture that has taught us certain things about our emotions. And sometimes it's 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 uh, not a spoken thing. It's just something that we pick up along the way. And, and it sometimes goes like this. Women feel emotions. Men fix emotions, right? So women get all the feels. Men just try to fix what it is going on, including themselves, right? So women feel emotions. Men fix emotions. But here's the thing. If that is the narrative that we live out, we miss, we miss the intimacy that God wants to give us, not just in physical relationships, but the intimacy in friendships, in love, in walking through life with people that we really care about and people who care about us. If, if we live with this, this idea that we, we should suppress or keep our emotions at bay, that if, if we shouldn't express the things that we feel deep within us, we miss out on one of the gifts that God gives us. So men, um, it's, it's up to us to rewrite the narrative, not just for our lives, but for the lives of our kids and grandkids. Teaching, teaching men that, that it's not about suppressing certain things, but it's about managing and walking through the emotions that we all experience in healthy, God-honoring ways. Right? Does that make sense? Are you with me so far? All right. So one way we could say this is that, that God wired us internally, including the emotions that we experience, that God wired us internally, including the emotions that we experience. There's, there's this real prevalent thought going on in business today, in sports today, in schools today, and it's, it's the idea of emotional intelligence. Have you heard of emotional intelligence, EQ? It's, it's the study of, of, of helping humans, helping us understand and be able to, to verbalize our emotions and be able to understand the emotions of those around us in a way that we can enter into healthy relationships. Now, uh, we often don't talk about this rooted in scripture, but I believe. This is a God-honoring way to to experience and to walk with our emotions through life because all of us experience them. Uh, Peter Schizero wrote this beautiful book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And he writes this, and and I think this is a beautiful picture and, and truth. We can't become spiritually mature if we stay emotionally immature. That we can never grow in our faith and become spiritually mature if we remain emotionally immature. That there's just no way to do that. And psychologists today would tell us that the majority of adults living in the world today have been stuck as a teenager emotionally. Now, let me repeat that. I hope that's not true of this place. It's definitely because we're above average, aren't we, in this place, right? (laughs) Psychologists tell us today that for the majority of adults across the globe, we are stuck in our emotions, in a teenage state. Now, those of us who have teenagers, that makes us very scared, right? Because we understand what it is like to be in a teenage state. There are so many developmental things that teenagers are walking through. And if we get stuck there, we never become the people that we could be. And we never, like I said, experience the intimacy that God wants us to experience. Um, An iceberg, You've seen this picture before. You've, 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 you've seen this concept before that oftentimes what we see on the, on the external, what we see above the water is only a small percentage of what it is really going on deep within us, right? That, that, that maybe an emotion is tied to something much deeper within us, something going on that, that maybe we have not even verbalized. So for today... The starting point of our series, the starting point of Extremely Emotional, I want to give you just some some steps, some ideas, some thoughts that might help us begin to understand and manage our emotions in a God-honoring way. So just four quick steps. Are you with me? Can we do this? This, yes? All right, here we go. You're like, I'm here anyway. We might as well go through it. (laughs) Baseline, emotion can either be the engine that drives us, and for many of us, this is true. Emotion is what drives us in certain directions, or emotion, if we we view it correctly, it can be the dashboard. If you think about the dashboard of your car, that the dashboard reveals something going on within or around that car, but doesn't direct that car, right? When emotions are the engines that drive us in certain directions, it can oftentimes lead to broken relationships and shipwrecked lives, right? When when we allow our emotions to drive us, when we allow our emotions to drive us in certain directions, we will experience, at some point or another, broken relationships and shipwrecked lives. Um, how, many, how many of us who are married can say, my emotions at one time or another caused a little bit of tension within my marriage? Anybody? Yeah, because emotions just simply expressed driving us in certain ways. Will, somebody raise two hands. They're like, <laughs> like worship, hallelujah, woo, woo, whatever that means, that emoji means. I'm in on that. Okay, here we go. Could we first recognize and name the emotion going on within us? So in in walking this through, could we begin simply recognizing and naming the emotion? What this does is it helps us kind of step outside to realize that God wired us in certain ways, and those emotions, he wants to point out something in our lives. So could we step back, look from above, from a higher perspective? So if you think about like a 30,000-foot view, could we see our emotions, not just be driven by them, not just be controlled by our emotions, but could we name them, could we identify what those emotions are in our lives? Can we simply start by naming them? Now I want to give you um, six baseline emotions. So six basics. This is like the, the eight crayon box. It's not like the 164 colors. This is like just the basics. Um, some psychologists put this together. It's the idea of sachet. Now I know it's not spelled correctly, but just go with me. Sachet: Sad, angry, scared or fearful? Happy, excited tender. These are kind of the baseline emotions that everybody uh, feels and fears, maybe. Um, Everybody feels these different things. Uh, Many companies and teams have actually used this as a starting place for conversation. Uh, If you find yourself in a situation where you're not really sure how to express yourself, this could be a great starting point for you. If you're in a community group, if you're in a small group and you feel stuck, you're like, we don't know what else to talk about. We've talked about the video. We don't really know. Have a sachet session where you actually begin to express some baselines of what each individual person is feeling. This is a great thing for marriage. If you uh, marriage those of you who are married, uh, one of the best things you can do in, in marriage is to, to have a date every one or two weeks just to schedule it. This would be a great thing to do in your marriage, a starting point. This is actually another great place to go in prayer as well. God, this is what I'm feeling right now. So we begin uh, by recognizing and naming the emotion within us. Uh, The second step, the second thought, the second way to to process this is to then identify anything below or around the emotion that we're feeling. To begin to identify, is, is there something within me that is causing this emotion to bubble up? Now, over the last few weeks, uh, we've probably been working on this this series for, for a month or more, and I've been trying to really dial in and watch my emotions. Now, you can laugh at me if you will. That's fine. I've really been trying to pay attention, and it's been very interesting walking through my different emotions and trying to figure out why is it I'm feeling the way that I am. And this last week, I experienced something and was able to step back and see it from a very different perspective that I think will make some sense when it comes to to recognizing what else is going on around me. Uh, this week, Robin and I got into a, a bit of a tense conversation. You know, when those, like, emotions begin to start to crank themselves up, and we had this, this moment of, like, not at each other, but just everything that was going on around us. We just kinda, and, and she looked at me at one point, and she said, you seem really angry right now. Now, usually, like, them are fighting words. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but... Uh, usually, you seem very angry right now, causes me to get a little bit defensive. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm only angry because of this or that. You know, I try to get defensive. And, but at this point, because I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this, this series and trying to think through it, I was like, now, why am I angry right now? I, I asked myself that question. Why is it that I'm angry right now? And I began to dig down a little bit deeper, and I realized it's not really that I'm angry right now. There's some other emotions within me that are causing me to get angry about other things around me. Um, I told you last week that... Um, my oldest son uh, had a birthday over Easter weekend, and it just happened to be his 16th birthday. And so then, as I, as I begin to think, what is it going on within me? This, like, tension with my wife happened all around, like, the day that he was going to get his driver's license. And I began to think, well, what is it that I'm feeling deep? Now, any other parents, when your kids, those of you who have older kids, when, when they got their driver's license, any of you, like, feel, like, scared, anxious? fearful for other people on the road. You know what I mean? Like all the emotions, all the feels of what's going on, right? And and I felt really excited. Like I I was excited for my son because he was going to be able to drive. I remember how excited I was. I mean, all these emotions kind of bubbling up within me and the way that they kind of spewed themselves out was in anger. Why? Because I wanted to control the situation going on around me. And it took me stepping back, recognizing that there were a lot of other things and I had to apologize to my wife. I said, I'm so sorry but this is coming out as anger. That's not what it is. I'm really, I'm sad, you know, because I realize this is a new chapter, but I'm also excited because it's a new chapter and, and, I'm, and I'm a little scared and I just called my insurance agent and, and <laughs> there's all these things that are just like finding their way out and, and I'm so sorry that it's expressed in anger. Now, listen, that experience changed the entire conversation, right? It was was realizing that my my emotions were simply reflecting something else going on deep within me, and I was able to step back, realize, God, this, you have have made, fearfully and wonderfully I've been made. Thank you for helping me realize what it is going on within me. So maybe it's identifying anything that's going on around us. The third thing, uh, we invite God, we invite God into the emotion. So not just recognizing, naming, identifying what's going on, but we realize that God is the one who has given us that emotion, that has wired us in this way, and then we, we invite him to be at the center of it. This is what is beautiful about the Psalms. When David writes in a way that is inviting God into the middle of his mess, the messes that he's made, the mess of his life, it's like David saying, God, I feel totally alone. Would you please enter into this moment, my loneliness, my isolation?" So we invite God into that. So for, for me, my emotion, you know, was all these emotions. God, could you be my, could you be my peace when I'm not feeling very peaceful right now? Could, could, could you be a security for us? Could you be a provider for the insurance costs that are, like, mounting up? Could, could, you, could you enter into these emotions that I'm feeling right now? Uh, a pastor friend of mine, Jarrett Stevens, said this. He said, every emotion we experience is an invitation to connect with God. Everything that you feel, every emotion that bubbles up within you, the good ones and the bad ones, the positive and the negative, those are like invitations to connect with God on a deeper level, not just coming to church on Sunday, singing some songs, raising our hands, doing those things. It's it's an invitation to go deeper with the God of the universe so that we might become spiritually mature in this world. So it's identifying, naming recognizing what's going on around us, inviting God into the middle of those moments. And then uh, the, fourth, the fourth step, the fourth idea is this, that we would act out of the primary values, not the emotions, that we would not allow the emotions to drive us in certain directions, but we would act out of our, just our primary values. So what is that? What's a primary value for us? Well, as, as followers of Jesus, we would say we have two primary values— that I exist to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I exist to love other people with no strings attached, right? Like, those are primary values, and so we act not out of emotion. We act, rather, out of our values so that we might connect on a deeper level with the people around us, and that changes everything in our world. Um, In just a few minutes, I'm going to invite us kind of to do something that may be a little uncomfortable at times for some of us, Um, I'm going to invite us to to maybe write down the emotions that we're feeling in this moment of our lives, it might be a list of them, and then open ourselves to God's spirit to enter into them. And in the first service, we had a number of people who did that by coming and, and writing those things down on cards and putting them on the cross just kind of a starting point for this, this process, this, this journey with our emotions. Um, my family, uh, my family of origin, has struggled with depression for a long time. It's been this like cycle that you can see throughout the, the generations, again and again and again. Uh, my father's dad, my, my grandfather, this emotion, this sadness, this deep sadness within him, rather than, than ever really kind of plugging in to what was, what was wired, w- without ever really opening himself to, to God's presence in that moment, uh, he began drinking, just in a, in a way to, to, to try to, to get away from it all. I think that's a prevalent thing in our culture, that, that we, we try to numb ourselves through many different means. To what we feel deep within us. Well, eventually the numbing wasn't enough. And eventually uh, that sadness, that deep sadness, that, that depression uh, <laughs> led him to take his life. And my dad at 15 years old found his father in the front steps of their house. And that led to another cycle Codependency, some some struggling with self-worth, and eventually to the the same kind of depression, not, didn't express it in the same way, but the same kind of depression that his father had had. And then I realized that I'm I'm prone to the same kind of thing, to to taking that emotion, that that feeling that I have deep within me, and rather than opening that up a little bit, stepping back, seeing it for what it is, inviting God and, and some trusted people into the middle of that. I have the tendency to just close it down. And the way that I oftentimes express the emotions and the deep-seated things within me, it's anger. Guys, I've I've struggled with with anger being my outward expression. And as I step back and and I look at that, I realize there is so much more there than me just being mad at something. And my guess is for you, that there, there's, a, there's a similar pattern in your life and in your family. For many, it's, it's, it's shame. It's shame of something that's happened in your past or something that's been done to you, and, 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 and you're in this place of, like, covering that up and not wanting anyone to see what's going on. Not even God. You don't even want to let God into that. Listen. God is with you, and God loves you. And and he doesn't doesn't want those things to open up in a way to, like, hold you down. He wants you to to get to the root of those emotions so that you might become spiritually mature and healthy in the relationships that are surrounding you. That's what God wants for you. So for the next few weeks, we're going to plug in. And for some, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to invite you just to open yourself. To God, maybe some trusted people around you, and see if he won't help you manage and walk through those emotions in a healthy way. Joe's going to come and lead us in uh, one last song. And as he does, if you want to come to the cross and, and, and maybe write out an emotion, this week our staff will take these and we'll pray over these. Um, maybe you just want to write some things that you're feeling. Um, Feel free to come and and write those things down and put them at the cross. This is a great starting place. Uh, In the back of the room are some candles, and uh, maybe for you, you have just felt like your emotions have separated you from God, and maybe lighting a candle would just be a symbolic uh, invitation for God to be with you. In in the Bible, light represents God's presence, so maybe you want to light a candle and just simply ask God to be with you. Uh, We just want to give you some space to, to think, to consider, to write, and to respond. To God, in these moments, would you stand with me? God, um, you are the one who created our inmost being, our soul, our spirit, and oftentimes we 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 have these emotions that bubble up within us. God, you wired us in this this way. You're the author of our emotions. And God, I pray that in a healthy way, we would not allow those emotions to drive us, but rather we would allow them simply to ref- reflect, to, to, to give us some insight in what's going on within us. God, ultimately, I pray that those emotions would be an invitation for you to enter into our lives. And this morning, as we, as we sing this last song, and God, some of us respond, some of us write out our emotions, God, I pray that would be a first step into this connection with you, this deep connection with you. God, thanks for your love. Thanks for your grace when we mess it up. Uh, Thanks for pursuing us and walking with us and meeting us in the middle, the messes that we make.